Hello and welcome everyone to the brand new episode of the Provcast. My name is Court and I'm one of the pastors at Providence Community Church and I'm your host to discuss all the variety of topics we can't usually get to in all of our normal venues. And so today's episode is a conversation with Lauren Schreiber and Scott Mahan. Lauren is the director of Providence Road Academy uh, and also our women's ministry director and Scott is our director of student ministries. And in this episode, we're going to be discussing the upcoming launch of Providence Fellowship, which is our new gap year program that we're looking to launch this fall, and it is aimed at high school graduates who are looking to build a gospel-centered foundation uh, for their lives that's going to help them in one of the most formative seasons that they are going to have. And so I just want to welcome both of you guys to the Provcast. Thanks for being here. Thank you. We're glad to be here. Thank you. Yeah, I'm stoked. It's uh, Scott's first time, and so he's excited to be on the Provcast, he said. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get started. Uh, first question, uh, Lauren, maybe you can answer, which is, what is a gap year program? You know, what are we trying to do with Providence Fellowship? Yeah, so a gap year program isn't a really unique concept to what Providence is trying to do. I know I grew up, you, you guys are familiar, I grew up in South Africa, and in South Africa, because, you know, I guess European countries maybe, it's more familiar more normal for students to do a gap year after graduating from high school before they go on to university or college here. And so um, in, in a similar way, the gap year program that we have at Providence is a similar concept in that what it allows for students is kind of the transition period where they're coming out of high school, um, they're transitioning into that season of being a young adult, and it allows them to lay a really strong foundation before they kind of continue into that um, season of life where they are becoming uh, adults themselves and making independent decisions, working, going to school, and really having a clear direction for their lives. And so the idea of a gap year program is to allow them that kind of time to transition from being a high school student into being a college or university student. Um, and we're what we're doing isn't really unique outside of that, except for that this is going to be a gospel-centered program for them to participate in, and it will lay a strong biblical foundation for them as they go into that next season of life. And I would say the only maybe asterisk to that it, that that is different about what we how we've designed the program here at Providence is that. Um, you don't have to pause those future endeavors as you participate in the fellowship program. So the way that we have structured the schedule allows for the participants of the fellowship program to um, have a job. It also allows them to do college classes simultaneously. Um, and so we have tried to intentionally structure the schedule to encourage our participants to both work and go to school as well. So a little bit different in a gap year program where you'd maybe just kind of, you know, come out of high school, pause everything, take a full year before you enter into that college university season. Um, but with our program, you can actually begin classes at a local college or maybe online uh, while simultaneously participating in the fellowship program. So I have to ask now, you said South Africa and it made me think, you, you, you're your schooling experience before you moved to the United States was a lot different than absolutely okay tell me just a little bit about that because obviously gap years they gap years became more popular in Europe before they became even a thing in the United States and there's a lot of reasons for that which we don't have time to even get into but one of them has to do with our schooling system so tell me about South Africa growing up then you come into the United States yeah well okay my 
I have to say my experience was obviously as a very young child. So it is possible that, you know, my understanding uh, my experience as a student in South Africa, you know, would be more fully formed had I been there all the way through high school. Tell us about your childhood. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But certainly the rigor of our schooling felt far more intense than when I came here. So school is kind of smooth sailing. I'm about to get the whole I know, off. I'm so sorry. I'm just uh, it was a stretch to get like in a 70s, 80s, 90s range in South Africa. Just like the rigor of the the schoolwork was very intense. Um, the other thing that they do that is maybe unique than here cuz you guys in America, you guys, I am I've <laughs> been here for a while now. Oh, y'all. <laughs> See, now we're really getting to it. Are you? I mean, yeah. Really I'm just kidding. But it's more like that liberal, liberal arts where in South Africa you decide a um, subjects of focus earlier on. So through high school, you're really focusing on the math and sciences or you're focusing on English and history. You're not continuing in all of them. How early do they do that? I think going into high school. Wow. Um, but even, you know, when we were, when I was a child growing up in South Africa now, you know, I don't want to take this podcast fully off the rails, but there's also a lot of different languages in South Africa. So as a young child, I was in three language classes um, and you have to really be relatively fluent in those three by the time you graduate high school. So just the rigor is a lot more, but the, the idea of a gap year is far more popular. I think if we had stayed there, my parents would have encouraged me to participate in that. Um, just the, I think maybe, I'm not sure what the history is of that, but it's far more common to say like, go see the world, go experience, go, go to have a unique experience before you buckle back down into studies and kind of have that, that time between being a high school and a university student to, to really, I guess, become the adult well, that, that you need to be. Well, that sense though, if you think about it, because you know, you're starting a little earlier on the path of choosing vocations. And and the, the uniquely American mindset behind this would be something like, uh, you know, they're too young to be making that decision. And, and so that there's, there's old books of sociological studies on the prolonged adolescence, particularly of Western, you know, teenagers and, and Americans, which means that it's just longer and longer for a young man or young woman to make a decision about, hey, what I might do. Um, and a lot of that has, yeah. it's formed about identity. Americans are heavily like, First thing you go up to someone and you say, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Court. You know, I'm a pastor. Like I tell you what I do. That's who I am. Mm. And so it's all wrapped up. And so because of that, everybody kind of feels this pressure of like, I'm going to say this for the rest of my life. I got to make sure I know what I'm doing. It sounds to me more like in your experience and, and maybe like maybe not your personal experience. Cause I know you moved to the United States before you were in high school, but in other countries, it's much more common to say, Hey, I'm going to go down this track vocationally. So if you get in a gap year program, it's, no, no really love lost there. It's like you're either going to continue down that track or you're going to change it. But it's not like I'm finding myself necessarily. Yeah, I think, excuse me, I think that um, what, what the intention is there is that you clearly have subjects of interest. And so that's kind of where you're aligning, aligning your studies is what is of most interest and what do you, what are you most successful in? And so you're picking that path. But yeah, I agree with, with what you said, kind of that assessment. Okay, so... Scott, you graduated high school, went into the military. You know, you're you're have a different kind of take on, and you also were a part of internship program that we were all part of uh, after that. But that wasn't your first step right out of, right out of high school. So maybe, what what was that like? What what made you what what led to that decision? And then how do you view something like a gap year program in light of your experience with an internship program, which is not the same, 
but there's some similarities, you know, like where do you see the benefits, you know, um, and, and why you chose to go the route that you did with military and then also to do the internship program when you joined it? No, that's a good, good question. Um, the things that drove me to join the military, I mean, mostly it was a history of family service. My dad was, uh, you know, enlisted in Vietnam, uh, or drafted rather. Uh, and I had other family members as well. And then also, uh, in high school, I was a part of, uh, the junior ROTC, uh, which is basically a recruiting tool to get people to go to the military. And it worked. <laughs> you were set up. Uh, I was so set up. Um, and I actually uh, had signed my enlistment after my junior year. So my whole senior oh, wow. year, I was actually under contract, technically. Uh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. So you uh, made that decision early. Well, it's weird, man. Uh, you know, There's people that are not even seniors in high school doing basic training these days because they really just want to get them while they're young. You know? Wow. Uh, but no. Um, for me, the experience was one where, um, and I, I try to encourage people this because my experience with the military wasn't 100% positive. It was a lot of negatives, and it was mostly because I was extremely immature in the way I approached the military and the way that um, my outlook of it when I went into it was just wrong, you know? And looking back on it, it's because in high school, I wasn't fully formed. You know, my, who I was, what I believed, all my systems of, uh, of my order of worship, if you will, you know, were completely out of whack. And so I went in with just completely wrong expectations and immediately it, I, I hit a wall of life and I did not enjoy my, my service, but there are many benefits. And I try to tell people like when it comes to the military, you have to have a clear goal and I, I don't encourage anybody to go immediately out of high school, uh, especially in the United States. It's just one of those things where, I mean, genetically, we know that you're not fully formed as a person until you're in your 20s. But even then, like, you have all these external factors that aren't telling you the whole truth of what you need to expect when it comes to the military. And honestly, I think people just need to take a little bit of time, really understand who they are. Because if you don't form yourself first, the military especially is an organization that will form you yeah, into well, what they want. Designed to do so, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because you say, um, yeah, I wasn't, I, I don't think I was quite ready for it. You know, I've heard from a lot of people, and, and I kind of understand this at a maybe more of a physical level and just like basic fundamentals. They'll say something like, well, if you don't know, you go into the military because at least you'll get these, you know, fundamental disciplines. And it's like, it's interesting to hear from you. It's like, yeah, you do get some of those other things. But there's a downside, which is yeah. you're not going in having some semblance of formation, so you're going to be formed, and you don't always get. Uh, well, I guess as a Christian now, probably you're like, yeah, Especially you're not, you're, so, yeah. yeah, you're not getting the formation that you would say like would be uh, helpful for you in the future. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's just a clear pattern uh, of that. Whenever we are, we, we as people, we naturally have this bent towards freedom, especially as Americans, right? Like, that's like our whole cry, oh, yeah. right? Freedom above everything. But whenever you that, you're put in a, when you're put in a situation where you are choosing to lay aside certain freedoms in order for other responsibilities, there are going to be benefits. You're right. But every, we know just in life, every benefit comes at a cost. Now, obviously, there are certain things that come with more financial costs, like education and things like that. But there's a clear thing that you're getting from it. There's a clear transaction. I think with something like the military or any organization where 
a young person is completely buying into a, another another organization or individual's identity, uh, you are giving up something, but the transaction isn't fully clear. It's not transparent. Now, um, having said that, when I got out of the military and I was looking at my next stages of life, um, college was something that was extremely difficult for me. I barely even graduated high school just because I'm not a disciplined student. But doing something like the internship that you mentioned before, taking some time to like really solidify my theology and therefore, you know, would go through my, my doxology, my orthopraxy, or how I operate in my daily life, um, there was an advantage for me because I had that maturity, because I had that four years removal of high school, you know. And I think the point of it is that high school does not set you up for real life. Yeah. It just doesn't. It's, it's an imaginary world that yes. we, we watch movies and stuff about because the movies are even more accurate sometimes to what we can get out of high school than what you actually get out of high school. Yeah. And going from high school to military was a really tough transition, but going from military back to civilian life was an easy transition compared to maybe some of the people coming out of high school because I did have, you know, seeing the world, although not always in the best locations, right, of right? Course. Uh, but seeing the world and being able to experience life outside of my comfort zone did set me up for a lot of success later on. But it, but it is one of those things where, um, you know, it, you have to weigh every, every benefit, every negative. And I think in that regard, as far as my maturity, it was a net positive. So, you know, it's interesting. If you, if you look back at your, uh, I guess the path that the Lord led you down, because honestly, your your time with the military, some of the some of the down, downsides of that, I know it also plays into your testimony as well, and the Lord finding you and, and meeting you. And but if you inverted those two, um, let's say, and and instead of going to the military first, let's say you did have a chance to do something like a gap year program, how do you think that that would have benefited you? You know, moving forward, there's clear and obvious benefits, uh, especially for me with my particular service. So I joined uh, a unit that was always deployable, meaning every other every other year you're going to be on a cycle of deployment. And when I deployed, I was in severe depression. And at the time especially, but even still, um, the idea of going to counseling in the military was extremely looked down upon. Uh, there was a negative connotation that if you go to counseling, you're basically admitting that you're a useless or um, not a fully equipped soldier, right? That you are bringing the team down. And so I didn't have any real structures in place to help support me. And I was just free falling essentially. Now, during my two weeks where I got to come back home, I had an early uh, leave period, which is usually terrible because it meant I had a whole full year or whatever coming back off of leave to be in, to be deployed. But for me, it worked out. It was a weird situation where Coming back home early in that deployment where I was at deep depression and being able to uh, go to Bible studies, which I'd never done really. Uh, and actually, I, I went to a Bible study that you led yeah. at Ty's apartment, which yeah. was weird. But um, <laughs> but being able to go to a couple of Bible studies, be poured in by a good friend who uh, was leading me towards the Lord, it did give me enough to go through the rest of that deployment. Now, I'm not saying that I was ever really suicidal, but... I think we all can agree that there are periods where you are just so emotionally drained that you are kind of useless. Well, I mean, even the know? stats bear that out, you know, in the, not just in the military, but 
in other spheres of life when you're in your 18, 19, 20 years old going into something brand new, um, you know, kind of the young adult period where you're, you're launching out that depression, suicide, it's a real, real number, actually terrifying numbers. And Mm -hmm. since COVID, I mean, really scary stuff. And so I think what you're saying is, is well put. It's something as simple as biblical grounding was able to give you some perspective and maybe anchor you somewhere so that you didn't feel like you're free falling for that next, you know, and, and that wasn't even what well, we're talking about with something as like a gap year. It's, you know, much more consistent times of prayer, you know, um, cause I know for, for me, those, that, that portion of my life being able to have like morning prayer, mm-hmm. you know, where some, where it was scheduled for me, you know, so it, it kind of takes away the element of like, you know, your own, vol- your own volition in some ways, uh, but in a good way where it's like, okay, you're being formed for sure. Yeah. And it was helpful. And, and I think, yeah, it's like, it's, it's, uh, it's sad to look at some of the statistics being on the rise and no one asking the questions why, uh, at yeah. the, at, at the spiritual level, you know, we ask the questions why, and you know, it's like, we always point to video games or something as though that, that, that solved it or, you know, politics like that solved. It. It's like, well, all that's coming downstream from somewhere. And it's always, you know, I heard, uh, so there's a famous saying, I think, uh, I think it's a Andrew Breitbart saying, which is that politics are downstream of culture. But I yeah. heard a pastor say, oh, that's true, but uh, but culture is downstream of worship. And mm. so it all starts okay. it all starts with worship, and then everything else flows down, and we're not really thinking about that. And especially for an 18, 19-year-old, yeah. you know, you get, in, you get in some, well, like the story of Jesus and the disciples on the water when the storms come, because storms are going to come. It's like, Jesus can be in the boat, you can be a Christian, all those kind of things, but when the storm comes, it's like, rubber meets the road. Yeah. I mean, currently in our youth, we're going through a, a series through James one. And I mean, it starts off with count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds. Right. And, you know, again, my experience with the military, I, I had my 20th and 21st birthday in Afghanistan. So it was a long deployment. And it's one of those things where if I had a strong foundation, I guarantee, I guarantee a hundred percent that it would have been not only manageable, but in some ways could have been enjoyable. Like there are situations where we can actually, when we can actually see that there is an ultimate purpose for it, it really does bring meaning and through meaning comes joy in all, even the worst of situations. And so in that one in particular, I, I look back on my military service and I know that if I had more maturity, a more solid foundation of who I was, and obviously you know, we're going to push who I am in Christ. Right. Um, I know that I could have not only, you know, served in the military and enjoyed it, but probably thrived in it and maybe even made a career of it. Like it's one of those things where I probably still would be in the military if I had that foundation and I wasn't immediately, you know, hit in the face with a culture shock. Well, it sounds to me like something like a gap here provides the ability for your capacity to grow so that you can actually gain from something like a military experience. And I would just add, or for some, a college experience, a four-year university, uh, a, a trade school. You know, it grows your capacity to be thinking more about uh, or, or having the appropriate perspective about what you're learning versus just trying to, like, trudge through. If you are if you are super depressed or just discouraged or dealing with those emotions, you're just trying to get through it. And so, and, and this I, I have found that in my own life. It's not like you just immediately grow out of that. If you go, start going through a trial, it's easy to just kind of grit your teeth and try to get through it just to get to the other side rather than at, like figuring out how can I get the perspective to actually grow from this. And so I think that's well, I think that's well put. Um, 
Okay, Lauren, I'll, I'll go to the next question with you um, so that we, we can get, you know, the South Africa take. You know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we got the U.S. military take. I feel like we got to make sure. It's called were, the freedom take. That's court. true. Yeah, sorry. Um, okay, something that I've heard many times, um, and I'm, I'm not sure this is a uniquely, like, American take, but it sure does feel like it when I read it, which is something like, my kids don't need a gap year. Like, why why should they waste an entire year of their lives? And, you know, they, they need to get, get on with it. Get on with getting somewhere, moving forward, uh, getting their credits or getting their, you know, licensing for something. They just need to go ahead and get after it. Um, this is a total waste. Like, how would you respond to that? Well, considering something like a gap year, a waste is really not a full understanding of, like, everything that you guys have been talking about is how valuable it could be for the next step of being able to fully, what you just said, take advantage of something like going into the military. I know for me, um, I went, you know, straight obviously from high school to college and went to, started at a really great school on scholarship. And after that first year, left that school. And I always looked back on that, like, Lauren, you made a terrible decision, but you know, I, I, I can see how something like a gap year program could have helped set me up for success in that next stage of life. And obviously the Lord was faithful and so much of what he's done in my life since then is, you know, I can see his hand working in my life. Um, but I think that that's the perspective is it's not really wasting a year. And, you know, for the program that we have set up too, is how we, we've already said is you can do it, uh, you know, adjacent to beginning college classes and also working and so um, just to really understand the value of it and what it could bring, everything that you guys have said about, you know, s- establishing your identity in Christ, establishing how to interpret all of our experiences that we're going to have from here on out in life through the gospel, that's hugely important. I mean, not only when you go into college, but we're still doing that actively today in our lives. You know, everything that is happening to us, we are interpreting through the gospel, knowing that the Lord is in control and that that foundation of understanding that as a young adult is so important because life is extremely difficult. It can be very unpredictable. And so having that relationship, that strong, a biblical foundation, but also that strong relationship with the Lord, like you said, starting your days with prayer. Um, you know, sometimes uh, maybe you don't want to get there yeah. <laughs> early in the morning to pray. Which is but, kind of important, I think. Yeah, but... But building that, um, those habits of starting your day with prayer and starting your day, um, submitting it to the Lord, uh, all those are, are hugely valuable. So I just would argue that it, it's absolutely not a waste of time, but, but it increases the value of the things that you're also doing or doing in that next season. Yeah, just, it, it reminds me of the, and I'm going to butcher the quote, but it's like the Abraham Lincoln quote about if I had a couple hours to cut, you give me a couple hours to cut down a tree, I'll spend the first hour sharpening my axe. It's like we don't have that mentality of like, that's a great quote. You know, we're, we're sending out our young adults into adulthood and, and, you know, you spent this however many years as parents, you know, praying for them and forming them. And, but now it's before they go out and I guess exercise that independence there's no period of sharpening the axe on their own, you know, trying to like, it's almost feels like you've shown them the bicycle, you know, you're going to ride that one day for all these years. And then, you know, no sense of like, Hey, I'm going to be here with you. Is just like, get on it and go. 
And, uh, you know, that works for some people. And, you know, some people are very much like, throw me in the deep end, I'll learn how to swim. Um, but I would say it doesn't mean that that's the best way to teach swimming just because it works for some people. Um, yeah. And, and I think that there's something to be said about um, our culture, which is going to lead me to my next question, but, but our culture increasingly becoming less and less influenced by Christian values. Um, you know, it seems to me like if uh, Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had kids, they probably were preparing them before they sent them off to a sorcery school. You know, it's like absolutely to, to know what to expect. So uh, I'll throw this one out there. Either you guys can answer it. And it, it's kind of what I just said. How do you guys see that our culture shift um, is impacting high school graduates and the way that they're thinking about the future? Yeah, it's a tough question. I mean, it I mean, obviously, there is a strong push on some level that if you don't go to college out of high school, you're somehow like a waste of space or something. Right. Like college is you know, one of those things where maybe a long time ago where it was extremely exclusive, where it was for people who were driven towards very specific goals in life, it had a very strong purpose. But as it's become uh, far more inclusive, meaning like they just don't reject anybody anymore because they're willing to take all the money, it's become an institution where it really just encourages people to flounder in the waters and not actually have purpose and direction. Well, and you know, th- there's not a lot of skin in the game, right? Because it's debt and our society is built on debt. So it's just like, get some loans, you know, just get some, you know, unsubsidized or subsidized loans or whatever. It's all good. You know, and the federal government's taken over the promissory notes of all of these. So now it's just, Hey, you just show the U S government, no big deal. And there's not even a thought that like, Hmm, maybe I should consider that. Uh, you know, 50, 60 years ago, it would have been unthinkable that a person would not know what they're doing when they're going to university and take a, get a loan from the federal government to do it. Well, not only that, right? Whenever you have a huge uh, watering down of the pool of students, right? Meaning that there's just a huge influx, you're also going to have to water down your faculty. And that's something that I think if we're being 100% intellectually honest, even non-Christians are noticing the fact that colleges aren't really equipping students for their jobs. They're more just teaching them uh, ways of thought. And again, if we aren't taking the initiative and in shaping that the that thought pattern in our student, you know, in in your students or in your children's lives, other people will do it for you. Right, that's a good point. So, you know, it's not whether formation is going to happen, it's who's do, who's actively being the one who's molding. Now, it's the Christian belief that God is the one who molds and that we become sort of apprentices of his in the lives of our children. And that that activity really, really matters. And that there's, so what we're talking about is that stage where you go from being coach on the sideline with your kids to, hey, you're moving into the stands now. They're going to be playing the game and you're not even able to be, but don't kid yourself. There are coaches still. So there are still going to be coaches in their lives. There's still going to be people in authority. There's going to be new teachers. There's going to be new professors, new mentors at these colleges or wherever they may be going. So have you prepared them to be able to what we would say like we all have to do at some level chew the meat and spit out the bones and even if you have done all the right things as a christian parent in mentoring discipling and equipping your 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 children right there is still this tendency that our culture in general and this kind of goes back to the question of how is our our high schools shaping culture within the students the culture is still you're always on this perpetual path of finding yourself but our identity is not found in ourselves, right? It's found in a creator who created us in his image. Uh, 
And so again, if you, even if you think that you have like a super strong foundation, everything is speaking against them and against that foundation. So it would only be more prudent to even further reinforce the found the good foundation. Well, I love that you say that it's, it's think about how deadly it is to tell young people you will perpetually be on a path of self-discovery and never get there. It's uh, it's the, like you mentioned earlier, your experience going to the, to the army and going to that depression, your, your words for it were like you're in free fall. That's basically what we're consigning them to, which is free fall. You're always going to be on this path of self-discovery. You're never going to actually find yourself or when you do, it's going to be way down the road, but you're just trying to piece together your own identity um, rather than the biblical narrative, which is that, oh no, who you are is rooted in an immutable God who created you in his image for purpose, for meaning, and that it's from that rock solid understanding of who you are in Christ that you can then engage with the world around you, which is filled with good and evil. It's filled with good and bad. Uh, it's filled with wonder. And it's also filled with like tragedy and that you're supposed to be bringing the gospel to that. And I feel like, well, and you, and you obviously are ministering to students on a weekly basis, but I guess almost 15 years ago now, it's crazy when I'm ministering to students that that was always there it's now fast it's like fast tracked where now it's not just uh you know go, go out there and you know make something of yourself it's you have to go out there and find yourself and no one's giving you a map and there is no god and there's no one who could give you, and even your parents can't in fact if your parents try to tell you who you are they're the bad guys mm-hmm. that yeah. to me is a very nefarious way of preparing children to become young adults and then send them out into life it's like that free fall is kind of what we've set them up for yeah and this kind of ties in with the previous question of it is this a waste of time right and the way i look at it is you need to make the decision as well as you know your child right like they need to make this decision too but you need to look at where is this time actually being quote-unquote wasted right i think that if you talk to just a casual person right they will say like almost always there is this concept of a midlife crisis, right? There's this concept where you thought you were on one path and it was going to bring you a certain amount of joy. It was going to give you what you thought you were going to, what you wanted out of it. And then you hit this moment where it's like, am I actually being fulfilled? And usually the answer is not really kind of ish. And then they have to try and again, find themselves yet again. And, and we see it time and time again. And again, our culture is just constantly bombarding our young people with this idea that there's no real consequences for decisions, but the truth is there is, but they just don't see it until much down the line. And again, when we talk about, is it a waste of time? Well, I would argue that if they don't have a strong foundation, they will waste far more than one year and, you know, $1,500 or the tuition of this program. Right. Then, you know, what they're going to have now. It's what I, I said this in our Providence uh, road Academy class on Sunday night, but it's not weather, but which, it's not whether or not your kids are going to be formed. It's which mentor, which teacher, which professor, which yeah. pastor is going to be forming them. And, and mo- maybe most importantly, which worldview, mm-hmm. which ideology. You know, we Christians, we have to get out of this mentality that I, I think we all, for us, we grew up in this, this thought that we could be a society that is religiously neutral which is a total farce because there is no such thing as religiously neutral. The Bible doesn't tell us that Paul breaks up the world into those who are being saved and those who are perishing. There's the world is full of you worship the one true God or you worship false gods and everything flows from that. 
So whether it's idolatry or whether it's true worship, every every other decision, every other thought pattern, every other you know thing in your life is going to flow from that. And we've bought into the idea that, no, we can just leave that on the sidelines. I just think it's becoming more increasingly clear we can't do that and we shouldn't do that. And And I think that's something that parents need to be thinking through rather than, like you said, Scott, yeah, it's of course we're going to send them to college. That's just always what we've, what we've done, and if that's, you know, is that really uh, having the mind of Christ to just look at the world and say it's always been done this way, so we're going to follow? Yeah, <laughs> that's definitely something to consider. I mean, it uh, it seems to me like we have been recipients of of certain cultural realities that are dis- have been disintegrating for a long time, and we're still on an old playbook that's just not that's not where we are anymore. And and I think we should be more mindful of it. Um, okay. One more, one more question I, I wanted to pose and then we, maybe we can wrap it up. I don't know how long we have Lauren, but, um, when you guys are looking forward, uh, obviously our first year, um, with the, with this gap year program is going to be, it's going to be fresh. It's going to be new. Um, you know, we're, we're looking to have just a, a handful of students, but potentially, but it's really important because it kind of sets everything up for, for the future. Um, what are some of the things that you guys are excited about um, that might be able to give anyone who's listening to this broadcast, whether it is a high school student getting ready to graduate or a parent who's got a high school student, that they might be able to get excited about um, in regards to the program itself? Yeah, I'll speak for myself first. Um, you know, the, the mission for Providence Family Ministries is to make the gospel unignorable to the next generation, right? And obviously, that's the most exciting prospect, that we would have a group of young people that are leaving our ministry, and we're not just kind of questioning, well, what are they going to do next? Are they actually going to stay in the faith? Are they going to fall away? Like, what's going on? Instead, we have a rock-solid understanding, like, no, this person is going to be equipped and put on a path of righteousness through, you know, their lives, through whatever they choose to do with the steps after. And also, you know, on a on like a uh, totally uh, selfish level, um, <laughs> I'm excited to see students pouring back into the ministry that helped that they came from, right? Yeah. Like it's something where we have a very young student ministry and we've had very few people actually like graduate from it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think this, this time uh, is the first class where somebody went through from sixth grade to 12th grade uh, awesome. in, the, in the student ministry. And even being called 514 was only a few years ago, right? Like right. everything about us is still relatively new and we're trying to find our feet. And I think one of the one of the things that we need to uh, accept before we can really take those next steps is we need student leadership. We need students pouring into students. And I think the clearest example that we could have of that is, you know, people graduating from high school and instead of just moving on and forgetting about everybody that they lived life with for these past several years, but pouring back into them. Yes, I, I agree. I think, you know, all the responsibility uh, at times that's coming at a high school graduate um, whenever they're whenever they're going on their own. I think there's actually a blunted edge to that sometimes when you're just rush, rushing into college because it's kind of like you mentioned the movies of high school. Then you get the movies of college. Everybody's got their mentality of like, I'm just going to have fun and yada, yada. And, and it is fun. But I think there's something unique about for the Christian young person to look at them and say, hey, you can be a disciple maker. Like that's who God created you to be uh, at your very core, and 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 here's some students that you can pour into as well. Not just be a recipient of that, but also be active in it. I think that's something that has changed in my life, and I think I I, I agree. I think that's awesome. What about you, Lolo? Yeah, I like that point that we are not just 
you know, Christians who consume, but we are part of serving one another. I think I'm most excited just to see the growth of the students over the year. I just think that in a very unique way, the 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 depth of the what they're going to experience, you know, having like we we talked about those those times of prayer are going to be very formative in their lives. Also, the study that they're going to do is going to dive really deep into scripture, uh, understanding worldview and things like that. So I think for it's going to be very new for them to study in that kind of way, the things of God. And so I'm just really looking forward to seeing their growth over the year. And um, selfishly, too, I just can't wait, honestly, to build some relationships with the participants of the program. Uh, I think in a really it's it's going to be really nice to watch the relationships that they will have with one another. Um, That's going to be also them learning how to have mature Christian friendships as adults. And I think that's key. You know, we we that's going to be really important for their lives. But they're going to start seeing how to do that. Um in a different way through the program, but then also having, you know, adult mentors available in their lives and just being present here while we're working as staff at the church. I think I'm just really excited for them to be present and to build those relationships with them um, as they participate in the program. So, well, I mean, one thing that was very uh, eye-opening, helpful, encouraging, challenging uh, as a young person was being able to do a little bit of travel traveling to other parts of the world, going on mission trips. Um, there's something about uh, specific like event type things that I'm a little bit averse to. I always have been. It's like, I don't really want to go to a conference, the big, you know, the lights and everybody's like, let's go, you know. Um, and so I've always been like, oh, that's not me. I, I'm not that guy. But I will say that, that those times have also been significant when I get over myself and actually engage with them. There's these specific moments that the Lord wires into your life and they can be impactful. Whether it be you're listening to someone who's, you know, a, a different voice and they say something in a sermon or in a lecture or something like, oh, that changed my life. Or you're on the mission field and you have an experience that not only did the Lord use you to, to minister, but also, you know, to shape you and to mold you into. Definitely. There's those, I do believe, like even in the scriptures when we read the Old Testament narratives, Jacob wrestling with God, um, you know, Abram having the, the, the visions of the covenant, you know. I do believe that there are times in our lives where God has specific moments of, you know, kind of like build an altar here. This is, this is something you can come back to where things are clear. And whenever things get muddy later on, you can always come back to that. And I think that's something for the gap year program that I hope for and pray for, for all the students, because like you were saying, Scott, when you are free falling and we all come to those places, it's not like you can avoid that. There are times where we feel like we're free falling again. You can go back to the moments where like, but I know that God met me here. Yeah, one of my favorite scriptures is in Ecclesiastes where it says, remember your creator in the days of your youth, you know, before you get old and you tire of it, you tire of life, right? Yeah. There's a strong encouragement there of find your purpose early when you can actually fully live out and enjoy and have meaning in that purpose. And, you know, I just encourage people, like I always encourage, especially young people, like find your purpose, you know, and again, it's not in what you do, but more in like, like who you do it for and how you do it. Yes. Yeah. I think that's key. It's not, it's not the what, you know, it's who, who God is and who you are in light of that. And then it's, you know, man, talk about an open, open playing field at that point. I think it was like a Martin Luther quote was that he said, what would you tell the, what would you tell the shoemaker or you know, the cobbler 
if he came to know Christ tomorrow, you know, what would you tell him to go do? He'd say, go make the best Jews to the glory of God. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not like that everything changes as far as like what your vocation may be. You know, a student may get into the program and maybe they have a proclivity toward one area and it may be that again, but who are they doing it for? Yeah, yeah that's so good. I've had a good time. First of all, thank you guys for joining. Uh, I get to finally be on one. This is so exciting. You're a star now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I want to thank everybody for listening and joining us on this edition of the Profcast. Um, if you are interested in getting more information uh, about Providence Fellowship Program, uh, or maybe you have a high school graduate that would that would like to know more, you can check out our website uh, at providencetx.org, or you can always swing by the registration booth on a Sunday morning. Uh, Lauren and Scott are usually one of them are there. If not, you'll see Eric or someone, but they usually kind of hang around there so you can uh, touch base with them and they can give you more info. Um, if you're interested to have to know any more just about Providence in, in, in general, you can also check out our website. You know, we have a lot of info on there about our gathering times. Um, you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. We'd love for you to do that and just share it with people. Uh, and in particular, if you're a member here at Providence, you know, share it with some of your people in your home group that may not know it exists. This is an opportunity for us to talk about certain things that we're not going to be able to cover in, you know, the two minute, uh, end of gathering announcements. And so this is a great tool for us. And we just want to thank you so much for, for being a part of it. And so, um, until next time, I want to just remind you to, uh, make sure that you share the love of God that's been shown to you. We love you guys and we'll see you next time. Start to say-